All right, we'll just do it like this. Three, two, one. And Stephan Nitch, Kelly Rival, welcome. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. us. Arkham Realty in the building. Nice to have you all here. Nice. It's not as if we've been hanging out all day already. <laughs> Let's just try to make this natural. Yeah. Let's just get to it. Okay, sounds good. Let's get to Let's it. Get right to it. So in this, you know, pseudo friendly, pseudo professional atmosphere here. Do you mind if I swear? Not at all. Okay. You can do we whatever. It. So fucking Arkham Realty in the house. Make some noise for the internet. Thanks, internet. Hello. <laughs> I've already said your names. People should know who you are by now. This is Brian. Hi. Yes, I'm Brian. Hi. Hello. Introduce yourselves. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what Arkham Realty is, what y'all do, and all that. So we're a full-service real estate agency. Um, we do property management for investors that own rental properties. We work with first-time home buyers. We help people sell their homes. And uh, we, uh, we, you know, like, we, like I said, we, uh, we manage these uh, rental properties. And so we do a lot of leasing as well. That goes along with the whole property management aspect of it. I feel like it's a really confusing world for a lot of people to get into, especially people that are maybe of a more alternative ilk, you know, us, us goonballs that, you know, spent the majority of our twenties getting tattooed, not going to school. (laughs) It could be intimidating. Once you get a little bit older, you get your shit together thinking like, can I actually be a homeowner? Can I buy a place? Can I live somewhere affordably? You know, how did the two of you get into deciding that you want to do this? Kelly, I don't know your background, but I definitely know his background. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for I'm happy for this this guy. But, you know, <laughs> not you. that you were ever in a terrible place or anything, but, you know, you're a business owner now. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly, how'd you get wrapped up in this? Yeah. So um, I was teaching for, you know, a number of years, 15 years, and I was introduced to Stefan. Um he had heard that I wanted to buy my first rental property. And so through that, through that, um, introduction, he had, had brought me to a a property that he thought was a good investment and really kind of started there. That was the story. So he was my agent and then he became my property manager and we had really kind of just, I don't know, maintained a friendship in addition to the business relationship. Um, And then as I started to become more involved in the real estate world, Stefan just seemed like a likely person that I would go to in terms of, um, you know, mentorship and um, just trying to feel out which direction I should go. So um, was it Arkham? Was it a different agency? You know, because we always hear about the the larger names and, you know, what was a better fit and really trying to change, um, the misconceptions. I think of a lot of people that, um, smaller brokerages can't offer the same, um, services, uh, when in fact that's not true. And so I I thought that I would maybe, you know, shatter some misconceptions and go the route of, um, joining the Arkham family so it's kind of been history from there, you know, being an investor, being an agent, um, uh, now a property manager. So we'll see where it 
leads from this point. So you were teaching prior to this. Yeah. What, I, what were you teaching? If you don't mind me asking. No. So, um, I taught for 15 years. I was, I started out with an elementary certification. So here I am student teaching with these little first graders and fourth graders. And, and then, uh, I really, I got my first teaching job at working in a maximum security prison for all boys. Okay. Um, so that was interesting for three years. Um, and then just made the transition, um, to secondary. So I had kind of remained like my whole career was secondary education. I was a special ed teacher, um, for, I don't know, after I got my master's. So I guess that would be like 13 years. Wow. And, um, yeah. And then I started to, uh, enter into the administrative world, I guess, of education, but still had that love of real estate. And once yeah. I got my first flip done, um, there was just, it was in my blood. It explains a lot. I don't know you super well, but you seem like a very patient and understanding person. <laughs> and I imagine your background really uh, has helped you in that journey. Yeah, And I imagine it's probably helping a lot now because Stefan, maybe you can attribute to this as somebody that wasn't a teacher for 15 years, mm -hmm. the amount of patience and understanding, but like hard headedness that you need to be in, in the real estate business, right. I imagine is well, I unbelievable. Think the organizational piece really helps, um, being able to guide people through a process that they're very unfamiliar with. So first time home buyers, um, someone, first time investor, or just, you know, really any aspect of anything, being able to break that down um, and and teach those pieces and, and present it in a way that makes it more relatable or understandable, less scary. Um, so I think any of those um, skills that I had as a teacher kind of translate into whatever. Um, but real estate, it, it just makes sense because there are so many... There are just so many unknowns. And again, like you said, when you're, when you put your big boy or big girl pants on and you're looking to buy a house, um, that can be scary. And so trying to make it, you know, as, as easy, um, of a process has been, I, I think that's, um, my skills have, have definitely helped. That's awesome. Educator. And Stefan, with your background, I know you got into this for much more of like a, DIY entrepreneur, you know, I don't want to have a fucking boss. Fuck you. Fuck this. I can, I can do this. Right. And over the years, you know, you've, you've done it. Congrats. Thanks, man. Thank you. But I know it's not easy work. It's still a lot. And, you know, over the past decade, you know, did you feel like, okay, but let's, let's take everything. I'm just kind of rubbing your balls a bit and I apologize. Mm, I like it. But, <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. Did you think, did you have like a plan to be where you are now or has it been very much just like, just take advantage of opportunities as they come? Yeah. You know, just, uh, I got, I, what is it called? Tossed a couple balls and I, I ran with them speaking of balls, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my, my main thing was always just to build my rental portfolio. So, you know, I quit the office job stuff back in, you know, like 10 years ago. And I started that landscaping business and, um, <clears throat> and I, I just put 
all my income towards buying these rental properties. And that was always kind of like the name of the game, like get more and more rental properties. Cause I figured the more rental properties I had, the less I had to work as far as like cutting grass goes or like, you know, having to have a job or anything like that. But then it's, you know, all those rental properties are also then work as well. I mean, yeah. if, you know, most of the time things go pretty smoothly, you have a couple repair calls here and there, you show it, you know, you, you have the vacancies and stuff like that. But then it's like, once your whole life starts revolving around real estate and all that, then it kind of just, it's, it all kind of melts together. So like now all the stuff that I own personally flows through Arkham Realty's property management portion. So all that stuff is like my stuff is managed through my own company. So it's like, I have that infrastructure to take care of my own places, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, through that landscaping thing, that I started, uh, that's how I got hooked up with the, um, company I was with that I got my license through. And I figured, you know, uh, the more, the more different aspects of real estate, the better. So if I'm working for a real estate agency, then maybe I'll get like first dibs on, you know, things that come down the pipeline. Like if there's like, you know, I could be like part of the like in network investors or something like that. And I just figured, you know, like just another revenue stream. So that's when I got my real estate license and started doing like property management for other people because I'm already managing my own stuff. So, you know, just all just building and, and branching out from everything. And uh, yeah, and then I was there for what was it like five or five years, five, five or six years. And then that's when I left to get my broker's license and, and start my own real estate agency. And, uh, the, the whole office thing wasn't like really planned either, like having like an agency and having agents under me or anything like that either. I mean, it, the, the real estate commission requires that you have like a physical location. You can't just, you know, hang your real estate license on your bedroom wall and, you know, do stuff out of your kitchen. You have to have like a separate entrance. You have to have an office, you have to have a sign and all that stuff. And that's to protect the consumers, you know, so there aren't like shady operations and things like that. So, I just found the the smallest possible office space available and you know, just, I was like, I'm not even ever going to be here. I do all my work from my laptop and my cell phone. This is just like a place, you know, with my name on the door. And then, uh, I was there all the time <laughs> <laughs> and I was in there for, I don't know. And that it, it was like an old storage room that they kind of like dressed up and painted for me and stuff. And I just made it look cool. And, um, no windows. There was like one window overlooking the banquet hall. The banquet hall had a window and I was able to see the outside for that. Uh, yeah. through that. Like, <laughs> oh, cool. It's still sunny out. Um, but I got, I got real like, uh, claustrophobic, I don't know, like burned out and claustrophobic in there after a while. And I found out that the office across the hall was available and that's the one we're in now. And it has all the windows and the private entrance and all that stuff. And, I figured like if I'm going to be here so much, I might as well be comfortable and okay, I'll pay three times as much in rent, you know? And luckily I did that because when I bought CA properties at the beginning of the year, I, I actually had the space to accommodate everybody. Yeah. So it's like weird. It's like I did it without having that in mind. I just wanted more space for me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then luckily I did that because well, you went from having one person right. to what, 10, 12 right now? Right, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, 10. Yeah, it was just it was just me. And then, uh, 
think I, I hired Larkin like probably two or three months, maybe, a, yeah, maybe like a month or two after I, I was in the new spot. Uh, I had like a, a bookkeeper that came in like, like once a week before that. So, and then, and then, uh, you know, Kelly got her license at the beginning of this year as well. So that, and so she came in and then CA came in and, you know, just everything just to, to the next level. With, yeah. The past year seems like it's been very like, yeah, just it's definitely a transition. Yeah. Everything's just put on steroids, you know, just, um, I think we went from managing cause I was managing maybe like a hundred units by myself, including my own crap to what is it, like seven fifty, eight hundred units. So definitely like <laughs> an increase. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. So here we are. And uh here we are. My kind of you know, like I I I enjoy helping first time home buyers. That's kind of like my favorite thing to do, going out there and just basically making the whole experience fun. Like it shouldn't be like this stressful sort of tense thing and i don't bullshit people either like i said i have my rental properties um like i don't you know not to sound like you know i don't i don't need to make the money or whatever like that but it's like it you know i i it's not like a desperate sale where it's like oh my god if these people don't buy this house today then i'm gonna be bankrupt and i'm not gonna be able to pay for my car like i'm good i just want the people to find help them find the house that is right for them and that just like creates an environment for like an honest pressure-free sale like i'm not gonna bullshit somebody and say like oh look at this dishwasher it's so shiny and but like cares you know let's go down in the basement check out the foundation and there's gonna you know if there's a big crack in it you know i'm gonna say like this place is like screwed like don't buy this place yeah. i mean and don't waste your money on a home inspection because you know everything everything might be fine in the house but that's going to come up in the home inspection and they're going to tell you like hey this is uh this is not not good <laughs> like you should not buy this so rather than you spending four hundred dollars and getting a home inspection and having a home inspector telling you like oh this this place is going to fall over i'll just tell you like right then and there like we're leaving <laughs> you're not buying this house Let's go find something that is safe and sound and that you can live in for the rest of your life if you want. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, yeah, just want to keep it, just keep it real, keeping it real estate. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, none of this like pretentious, you know, hoity toity bullshit. That's, that's like what I think really what sets us apart as like an agency and, and you know, there's none of these like egos and, Oh, you're looking to buy a $40,000 house. So I'm sorry. I can't help you. I only deal with quarter million people and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I also want to be there for the people that like, that are my people. Like I come from like the heavy metal scene, the tattoo scene and you know, that like that whole and, and, and blue collar workers, and I want to be there for those people and make them feel comfortable that, that they, they're going to be taken care of and not like, you know, look, pushed aside, pushed or, aside or like yeah. look down on or whatever like that. Cause I think there are people out there that are like, that like judge people. Like, I mean, I still get it from other agents too. Like I'll show up like this with my full sleeves, like for a show and like, I'm, I'm here with my clients to, 
show them this house and they're like, mm, mm-hmm. like, go fuck yourself. I got a yeah. pre-approval here in my bag for a quarter mil. Like, <laughs> and these, my clients probably make more money than you. Sure. Miss, miss hoity toity agent, you know, whatever. So I was like, I just think like, you know, shit can kind of be like judgy in this, uh, in this industry. And my numbers kind of like, like this with everything I do, like the advertising, my billboards and, um, just like the whole like vibe and attitude that we have, uh, our office is fun. You know, we have like kazoos and pizza parties and <laughs> fake bananas. But the thing is, is like, we do all this like fun bullshit and drink and have a good time. But, um, we're just as professional as all these other agents and agencies, you know, from these big companies. I mean, we're, you know, obviously we we're on MLS. We, we paid the same $10,000, uh, initiation fee bullshit that they charge, just like all the other agencies had to go through, you know? So just because we're Arkham Realty with, you know, whatever X amount of agents, whatever we like yeah. really licensed people, like probably, you know, 10, yeah. And because uh, Sue and Judy, I mean, they're they're more like oh, on the property right. and property management end of things, but they're you know licensed as well. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, we're just not cookie cutter. Our personalities definitely kind of show through. I think you know, with um, varying backgrounds, varying uh, interests, and so forth. But yeah, I think we just everybody brings something different to the yeah. table. You know, like Kelly and I are actually complete opposites. I mean, like she's super organized and I have no idea where any, (laughs) (laughs) probably take me like 10 minutes to find like an email and she has like a, everything like in a trapper keeper and like, yeah. Oh yes. He he makes fun of my binders and my folders. But someday he's going to need those binders and folders. (laughs) I have one of those too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She has great suggestions, you know, like, can we put together a list of this and can we, you know, I'm like, eh, yeah, okay. And, I'm more, I'm and, then more just, of, and then he hits delete on that, by the way. So great ideas that he hits delete or just ignores until I go away, you know, um, <laughs> but don't worry. I don't forget. I'll just bring it up at a different time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think everyone just compliments one another and we're super supportive and not competitive. And, um, you know, above all, even though we're investors as well, always putting our clients first and, and their needs and, um, you know, helping them grow. Because I I think a lot of times, you know, you find people that are, um, they are, they're competitive and, um, and I'm not saying necessarily petty. It's just, it's a competitive business. But, you know, clients first, our goals are always the same. And, uh, and I think that's, it, it's just a great working environment. It's definitely like a family at Arkham. Um, you know, we kind of just sometimes have to drop what we're doing for a moment and, and realize what's, you know, what's important, you know, coming together for staff birthday party. That's important. Friday at noon. Yeah. Sue's but I'm birthday. just saying it's important. You know, we often get immersed in everything else, but, um, you know, making sure that, that we take care of, um, not only the, the professional part and the financial part and the clients, but also the, the personal and the, um, mental health, you know, making sure everything is kind of balanced so that we're better off for, 
the people that we're serving. Yeah. And I also just wanted, like, I like creating an experience for the people. Yeah. Like, you know, I have like the, the people love the whole like title championship belt thing that they get to hold for the picture and all that stuff. And like, I have like a little sign that says like sold as fuck, you know, like I do not like holding the belt. FYI, (laughs) I do not, but I've, I've held that belt a few times. (laughs) Pretty sure there's a picture of you in the, there it is right there. I should just hold with with Elon. I should just hold a poodle. Although no one would kind of get that. You know what? No, I'm going to get you a, um, like, like a giant bling bling poodle necklace, like right? those Furbies from Uncut Gems with the eyes that move. Yeah, see, I don't even know the Furbies. Am I supposed to? Do I have to have kids to know that, or no, is that just that was, living that was like a thing from, was from it the out 90s? under a rock? Because I feel like sometimes I live under a rock. Yeah, I'll you show know. you. I'll show you a Furby. <laughs> I think the thing that is really cool about what you're all doing and is that, as you mentioned, Kelly, it's more than just about making the sale. I think it's about establishing relationships with your clients, establishing relationships with your coworkers. And, you know, this is your career. This is your job. This is your every day. Why would you not want to facilitate positive relationships with the people that you're around all the time? Well, and that's just it. Like I, I feel like um, if if we're fostering growth, if we have that mindset, we're all growing in one way or another. If he's mentoring me, he's growing because he's refreshing, like maybe what I need to learn, or you know, we want to see each other succeed. That's not always the case. Like I have found that that's you don't always find that among you know colleagues or you know it, whatever that may be. I mean, it could be a part-time job, you know, working sorry, somewhere. Sorry but, to interrupt you. I don't oh, know what we're talking about right yeah, now. This, is a, this is a Furby. Looks like a gremlin. Yeah, that's that's what it's like. I think it's based on a Mogwai. Oh, yeah. And gremlins yeah. start as a Mogwai. But if you feed them after 12 or put water on them, then they turn into a gremlin. Well, I'm in bed <laughs> I, by 12. So <laughs> I was totally happening. listening to what you were that's saying, actually. And, I, and I, I'm glad that you appreciate that. No, I d- Because... That's kind of been <laughs> there you go, because <laughs> that's kind of been my my thing lately. Look is, at this custom Furby. This thing is <laughs> oh frightening God. looking. It's. <laughs> I like this oh little the little one to the sure right of it with the yellow nose. That. It looks all kind of stoned and miserable. Well, where that whole poodle thing came from? Oh is, yeah. So Stefan and I were out looking for investment <laughs> properties, and so we had all these showings set up. He had them set up for me. And every property that we were going to, somehow there was a poodle involved. Like we would see a little statue of a poodle. The first time we met, or, there was this, wasn't a poodle in a restaurant? Yeah. I mean, it was just like, this poodle kept showing up. I'm like, okay, is there a sign? Is there some, I don't know, meaning behind a poodle? But nonetheless. I knew I should have worn my poodle socks It today. was, yeah, well, I again, might, here's might, the lack of organization. Socks instead. <laughs> Yeah, if you could find the other one. Couldn't really see anything. Right? No, that's okay. Do they want to see it? <laughs> no. I don't think people want to see my I think feet. This fine. isn't the the foot podcast. You know, but, but, we- but again, the, the point goes back to we had fun. We had fun. We stopped for, you know, we stopped for cocktails, but we made that into a conversation and we developed a friendship. And I think that's, you know, if you're going to invest with someone, um, especially when it comes to property management, you need to trust them. You need to know what their, their style is, their personality. You know, anyone could just slap a property management sign and 
you know, and, and pass themselves off for something. But um, not only would that be, you know, not legal, but (laughs) (laughs) nonetheless, it would, they probably wouldn't know what the hell they're doing. Uh Right. So, you know, knowing that if I'm working and I have to be responsible for all these students and their learning and their targets, like I need to know that my stuff is being taken care of because that I have that personality of organization and like a little bit of, well, maybe not a little, maybe intense, uh, a lot intense, but <laughs> nonetheless, mm-hmm. knowing that Stefan is, is going to handle that. So I may not do it like in the excellent fashion that Kelly does with her binders and things, but I still get it done. You do. And, and it, it might be a little bit weird and obscure. You know, <laughs> like if we're going to go out and look out at houses together, we're probably going to start out with some brunch and some bloody Mary's and then we're going to go look at houses right. Right. <laughs> and we're more than likely going to make fun of nine out of 10 of those houses that we see that day because of the like ridiculous listing. You I'm know, pretty like, sure the one we went to, uh, well, here, here's prime example. He takes me to one that has no steps and is selling it to me. Like, this is easy. This is an easy place. I'm like, see, but for, for me, it's like, you know, I have like, I've done this like so many times and this was like her first the water this gonna crystallized. Be <laughs> so that's that's it. In, when I'm showing somebody an investment property, I I do kind of get like pushy as far as like trying to motivate somebody because you know like a place that you're gonna have to put work into. Yeah, because yeah. it's 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 scary every time. It's like you're buying right. this shit box. You have no idea what the electric right. is. You have no you know like it's it's scary every like the first ten times that I bought. A place for myself. I was like, oh sure. my God, that's a oh different kind of client right. though. I'd imagine. And right. I don't think, right. And honestly, I don't know that he was necessarily really going to let me purchase that place. But the fact that it did have a sign that said, don't forget to take your meds was yeah, on the wall on a piece of paper was kind of amusing. So if yeah. nothing else, yeah. it was an amusing day. Um, and since, you know, I've gone on to buy, you know, a few rental properties still looking for others, but you know, it, again, it kind of all all goes back to supporting each other, helping us grow. We help each other grow. Um, if something, let's say he has a client, I find something for that client. I, I know that I can pass it along. It's not, I, I don't like, feel like I lost anything because it, that's what we do. Yeah. It's just like really you know, like team, team Arkham and yeah. And that's kind of like, I've, I've actually taken like a step back from, working with clients. And I mean, I've, I've a good amount of listings right now that are being advertised and stuff, but that kind of goes into what I'm about to say next is I'm more so focusing on advertising the team. Like I want to push everybody like out there. That's why I'm putting like, you know, the whole hashtag team Arkham out there right now to like really get um, views and, and eyes on Kelly, David, Eli, and the whole brand as a whole. Whereas it started out as just me, you know, Arkham Realty, one man show kind of a thing. Yeah. And now I'm kind of just rather than, you know, me pursuing getting listings and pursuing for myself and um, pursuing getting buyer's agents for myself, I'm almost just like acting as like a, a, a net like a, yeah and sure just pass it off onto them and i want to see them uh succeed and 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 roll with that yeah. and and go with that um yeah and you have and, been instrumental in, in in the growth aspect of it i mean 
again, like, hey, give this person a call. Like, and they're all diverse. I mean, every client is so different. You know, they come again, it could be a first time home buyer, but it could be someone that uh, has an FHA loan, someone that has a, a conventional loan, but they need to understand that there's different types of, you know, um, different, I, I don't want to say types of conventional loans, but maybe like what you can put down. I mean, there's just so many different things. Sure, like, yeah. And so he's exposing his team. Um, me probably the most recently, just because I'm the newest, um, to all those different scenarios. So getting a, a really uh, good handle on everything real estate. I mean, now t- taking on four, four units as a property manager. I mean, that's going to be interesting. And mm-hmm. that's a whole other, yeah, there's so many different aspects to it. You know, like I said, we do the property management. So that's like this whole like skill set and kit and caboodle and all these like documents and forms that go along with that. And then being a buyer's agent, you know, that's a whole different process. And, um, and then getting the listings, that's a whole other process yeah. too. And a whole other set of documents and things that you procedures you have to do to get that place listed and advertised. So it's, uh, you know, when someone says like, Oh, what do you do? And they say, Oh, I do real estate. It's like basically like, Oh, you know, what you're what like you, a car salesman, you know, no offense. Sure. You know, they automatically think you're pushing something. Um, but you could be like in development, you could be yeah. property management, you could just own your own rentals. You, you know, there's so many, it's like basically like, what do you like to drink? And someone says, you know, fluids. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's actually like a right. really broad term, but you know, some right. people are typically, I think it's, you know, people that are like actual just realtors. And I think that's another different thing about us is that I think most agents are just like agents. They, they don't get into maybe owning their own rentals or the whole property management or like working with investors. Maybe they're, they think they, they well, they might say that they do those things, but to actually do them and understand and work with them. I mean, that's, it's different to say that you've worked with an investor, but to actually work with an investor through many processes or um, for them to come back and, and be a repeat client you know, that you're out, you're out there looking for investment properties. Um, not just someone that says like, Hey, can you, you know, can you write up a sales contract for me? That's, that's different. Uh, I think than being, um, an agent that really understands the investment aspect right. yeah. or it's process. A whole, it's a whole other thing for sure. I think it's really cool that you all take the time to absorb probably more and do more than you realistically need to, but it's making you more knowledgeable about the entire process. So you can walk through a house with somebody and you have the confidence to say like, nope, this isn't it because I know how A, B, and C is going to work and it's going to be a pain in the ass. You don't even want to fuck with it. Right. Instead of someone that's just like, well, you know, I don't understand how this and this work, but the price seems fine, whatever. I just want to sell it or I just want to make my money. I mean, I've, I've encountered agents that don't like know anything about houses. Like I have like somewhat of a like construction background, you know, like I, I messed around with framing and drywall and, and I've been on so many home inspections, you know, so uh, I, I know a good amount of like things to look for, you know, and, but I've, I've encountered agents that just don't know anything about, um, uh, I'm, and, and I'm not like just, you know, bad mouthing 
other agents like you should go without uh, with us because everyone else is an idiot but it is a thing where there's like people like there's agents out there that don't know like basic shit about a house like sure like a gfi like it's the 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 concept of like you know somebody trying to sell me a house that has maybe never even like worked on their own place in some capacity or like has an idea of how you know what the pipes under the sink do like i know it's not your job to know that but also like if you're a curious person that's into this world you think you would want to know how that stuff works and be able to look at and be like that's fucked up yeah that's not and that's kind of like my thing too like if we go out and look at stuff like it's almost like a a pre-home inspection with me it's not just like oh let's look at the rooms like like i'm i'm under the sink with my flashlight like looking for corrosion and you know what what, if there's like a p trap or an s trap and you know stuff stuff like that you know where i'm just looking for things that that could possibly be an issue like again don't waste your money on a 400 hundred dollar home inspection if this place isn't gonna oh sure know it's not gonna fly i mean yeah why why waste your money yeah why waste your time i think that the thing that's really cool also, I keep on saying this, but there's a lot that I think is cool about what y'all are doing. Not even just because you're my friends. <laughs> um, I think that there's this stigma against like maybe like the concept of a landlord or uh, like somebody that's a, that sells homes or somebody in your position where it's like, oh, they don't fucking do anything. And right. it's so far from the truth. Maybe there are some people there that are don't those do people, anything. They, they just you, they open the door. And, and granted, with COVID, I kinda, it, it has kind of been that a little bit, you know, where it's like we're going to open this door and you get to look and then yeah. we'll take it from there. But even with that, I don't think I could, you know, if that's what the rule was, you know, then – I would like let them go look and then I would have my own look and then compare notes if we had to do social distancing like that. Um, you know, where I, I still take a look as well and, and be an advisor. Yeah. As to, as to not just like, Oh, did you look at it? Did you think it's pretty, you know, this thing is like an organic, like thing, you know, it's like a living, breathing thing. That's how I see houses. And, you know, I want to, I want to take a look at it too, you know, not just, just to see if it's, if they think it's pretty. Yeah. I mean, houses are like, you know, they're no different than a a pair of shoes or any clothes that somebody would wear. I mean, they get lived in and things get fucked up and, you know, there's a difference between, you know, a house that's lived in by, you know, like our house is a mess, but it's not like a piece of shit, but there are definitely houses that, you know, I'm sure you've seen them. You go into them, you're just like these people ruined this fucking place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you have to like not bullshit people. Even if like you're getting a good price for something, a lot of the time, I guess like you get what you pay for is sort of a thing. Right. True. And then, but you know, I think just having that empathy of understanding that, you know, even if it's not something that is for you, maybe, you know, it's what it's in your client's budget and being able to be like, well, there's this and this that's wrong with it. But, if it works for you, you know, it's ultimately up to you some and people, what you want to yeah. do. Some people, they want that. They want, they want a, uh, a fixer upper, Yeah, you know? So it depends, you know, like you, that you, you're always adjusting. You always have to adjust to your client. Right. I mean, yeah. I know when I bought my first house, I couldn't afford, you know, I couldn't afford $200,000 house. And so it definitely needed, you know, it needed some work, but you know, I, every year I saved for a project you know, and so there are clients out there that that's what they have to do. I mean, they save for a project and each year you do something and until it gets to where you want it to be. And then you just 
do things to maintain or make it, you know, um, I don't know. I don't want to say like updated, but you know, make sure that it remains where nothing's falling apart. So always having a project, you know, again, it just goes back to that where everyone, you have diverse clients, you have different budgets. And also let's say you have someone who wants to live in a certain area. They can't afford, you know, they can't afford the the best house in that neighborhood. They just want to get into the neighborhood. Yeah. For like a school district yeah. or something, you know? Right. So, I mean, you know, we, we deal with all kinds of, and then, you know, not to mention the, the whole, um, like re- the whole renters, like dealing, dealing with yeah. the renters, making sure that the people that rent through us are taken care of. And that's sometimes a battle too, because, you know, sometimes like, let's say we'll have an investor contact us and say, um, I have these 20 rental properties that need managed. And we say, okay, cool. Let's, you know, check them out and see what this is all about. And then two months in this, this, uh, this owner, this investor, he doesn't want to pay for this repair. He doesn't want to pay for that repair. He doesn't want to do this. And then the tenants, you know, we take the hit. (laughs) Right. You know, there's kind of an interesting thing where, you know, I was, understandably pretty ignorant i think to how a lot of this works as most people are like why would anybody realize this it's almost like a movie where people are like oh george lucas made star wars right he's the director he made the whole movie Mm -hmm. but there's so many people behind the scenes that are managing all the other little details and i feel like there's so much of that in real estate where it's like oh like there's different property like you're doing 10 different things for 10 different reasons in 10 different places and Like, you know, just because you're managing something doesn't mean you own it, even though there are places that you own. And it's like this mixture of things. I think it's hard for a lot of people to like, oh, like it's easy to be like, well, fuck them because of this. And it's like, well, it's not necessarily their fault because there's like all this continuous red tape that you're going through. It's easy for us to get like shitty reviews and it's like, you know, and then it falls back onto the, the realty aspect of it. Where it's like, let's say we have a tenant who's unhappy because the owner doesn't want to pay for the repair. And then they might write a review and say, you know, fuck Arkham Realty. They didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, somebody that's just wanting to buy a home looks at that review. Sure. And then it's like, this has nothing to do with, (laughs) you know, us like being like providing realty services. So we kind of like, you know, get you know, a lot, it's easy to get like lumped together in that, in that regard. So, um, that's like the downside to being a one-stop shop. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of other companies, they, they either do this one thing or that one thing. And then it's like, you're, you're judged and reviewed based on that one thing. And then it's almost like a fair review. Yeah. But it's not, you know, they, you don't have like all these like different clientele's kind of looking at you and then basing basing your judgment on us on something that you're not even. Right. But you make a good point. I mean, there are, there are so many working parts that people don't, they don't know. Mm. They automatically say, Oh, I want to buy an investment property. Oh, you could just manage it. Right. Like they don't. uh, And what do you charge for that? And then when you, you know, give them a percentage, wait, well, that's too expensive. Or, you know, they have to understand that there are, costs associated with that, you know, having to maintain insurance and a license and, and having staff that you need to call. And, and so there are so many working parts, um, 
like you said, that people aren't seeing, but they don't do, they don't do shows on that. Sure. <laughs> you know, there, there's not, uh, you know, there's not a reality show on property management or what that looks like. Um, again, it's hard work, but we love it because I think there was something with like crazy tenants once. Oh, really? Oh, I'm and sure like, it was yeah. so, something. It, was, it, was, it goes back orders. to me, maybe not watching yeah. television much, well, but and you're better off. HGTV. I know. I, I just don't do it, but, um, but we do it because we are those people. We're investors. So someone has to do it. And, you know, obviously we are trying to, we're trying to, that's our living. And so we want to keep the investors, those people that have properties, we want to have tenants there that are paying, you know, it's not our goal to have something sit there. So, um, you know, we do work hard to try to, to keep renters happy and, and landlords happy and, and everyone, um, you know, is, is, is happy as they can be, I, I guess, but, um, but it's tough. You, you know, can't make everybody happy. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's you, it's always like a give and take kind of a thing. You know, a right. lot of a lot of um landlords that we manage for, they're, you know, old school maybe and they're like, if they're late, get them out, evict them right now. I'm like, let's calm down, let's work with these people, let's put them on a payment plan, let's see what we can do because a, you know, like everybody hits like a tough spot, you know, like maybe someone's car exploded or something and they're kind of falling behind. Let's see what the story is here. You know, if like somebody, if I call, call a tenant three or four times and they're ignoring me and the calls, I'm like, Hey, I'm trying to work something out with you here because the landlord, once you gone, like, you know, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I have nothing, I can't do anything else other than evict. If you're not going to pick up the damn phone and try to work something out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, rather than just throwing somebody out, you know, from the landlord's perspective, it's like, why let's see what we can work out with them. Because if we kick them out right now, a, you're not going to get your money through the courts and then B, you're going to have the place be vacant for a month or two. Oh yeah. I mean, we fill and places it's no, pretty quick. Yeah. It's no guarantee that they're not going to fuck it up and you're going to have to do a shit ton of repairs and exactly. all that stuff too right. in between. Or, or like they appeal the eviction. That's another month, and then they're extra You're pissed off, creating and, so much more work for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, but I the think the point th- is it's not an easy job. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? I mean, totally. there's so many, so many things that people don't realize that go into into this business: property management, agent, you know, investor, whatever, whatever hat you're wearing, I guess. I think the biggest, honestly, like this is like, I I almost wanted to like do this podcast just for this reason, just to like get the message out there. Okay. I think like one of the biggest misconceptions or things that people don't realize or things that like in a way like screw us is people think that they have to go buy the house with the listing agent. Like there's this thing, it's buyer's agency. So if you're looking to buy a house, you can contact us and we can show you any house on the market, whether it's with this agency or that agency or listed with this person, listed with that person, that's the seller's agent. And you should have like designated agency, I think. I mean, where you have somebody representing you as the buyer. Yeah. Like a lawyer almost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're allowed to do dual agency. And like when I have a listing, of course I love it when <laughs> a buyer 
reaches out to me directly and then I'm still, you know, a dual agent. I represent them accordingly and I represent my seller accordingly properly. And, you know, that's like a scenario where, because there's like a commission split, right? The seller pays for the commission of the sale. And if that agent that has the property for sale finds the buyer, they get like that entire commission. But if, you know, a a buyer's agent brings in the buyer, then that commission is split. I gotcha. That's, you know, but I guess what I'm getting at is that I think like, you know, people see a house for sale like on Zillow or something like that. And then, you know, or, or, and then they, they, they maybe just contact the listing agent directly and then they're automatically in that dual agency scenario rather than having someone represent them. Yeah. Exclusively. Yeah. I want, I want to know that someone has my back, that they're representing me through that entire process. There's not a conflict. Um, not, Not to say that an agent would do that, you know, but sometimes that, Maybe difficult. I just think I it's uh, you're not gonna. I mean, I, I guess the thing is, is like I'm brutally honest. So if I'm your buyer's agent, like I said, I'm gonna tell you, like, hey, this place is shit. Like, I think if there's uh, a listing agent, they're not gonna be as brutally honest because they're still having to represent the seller. Yeah. And if the seller finds out, like they said, like, hey, this place is shit. Like, <laughs> that's not you know being loyal agent, you know, of course. So I just think it like, it's, it's more like cut and dry when you have your own buyer's agent. So it's like, I think people don't realize that it's, you can be in the market for a house and reach out to us and say, Hey, I'm looking to buy a house. Let's go look at all these houses. Like, I think that's, that's how it should work. And that's, that's how typically it does work. But I think there's still like that misconception out there. It's like if you want this, like like car buying, for instance, like you found this 2020 Jeep Wrangler at number one Cochrane, like you go there to buy that product. Right. Sure. You know, because that's, that's who has it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think uh, that's like a huge misconception that people don't know that every agent can show you every uh, listing any, property, any right. property on the market. Yeah. I didn't, I never knew that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's huge. Like I said, I just want to like, I almost want to make that like a, like an infomercial on my, on my <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that we can show you any place? Uh, it's actually, it's kind of surprising to me. Yeah. It's, it's like, I never would have even thought that that would be a thing. And that was one of the things that like, cause whenever, you were doing this stuff and I was pretty removed from it until like, you know, we started working together a little bit more and hanging out more. And, you know, now I'm always around and I'm hearing mm-hmm. y'all talk about shit and I get an idea of what's going on. I never realized that was a thing. You know, I always figure like, oh, okay, well, like, you know, you have, you know, your X amount of houses to sell and your rental properties and that's all you do. Right. Like, but there's so much, that's only just like, that's like a, a percentage of yeah. it. And people are always like, do you, what, what listings do you have? You know, and they think that they have to go with us just based on the 20 listings we currently have or whatever. Like, this is your, this is all we have. You know, this is your pick. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's, it's not, you know, it's like. But the one difference, but the one difference in that respect is that we cannot show anyone any rental property that we don't manage. So so I've come across that. 
a law. Yeah. So it's something with like what like home seller laws or regulations or something, or is it just like a? I think for for most of the rentals out there, um, we we unless they're all, like unless the rentals are somehow listed on MLS, we have like no real way or special way of searching for them other than what you would do on Zillow, for instance, like if you were searching rentals on Zillow, but typically like from what I, I mean, what I've encountered is that there's not a lot of times where there's a commission offered on, on a rental. On, on, on yeah. A rental how would property. that work? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so it's basically whoever manages that, that rental, but I've had people ask me that question. Oh, can you show any rental that's out there? So if something is available, let's say um, in the strip district, that's up for rent. I mean, what if it was I like a commercial rental? Is right. that different? So a commercial rental that's would what we be. We just had that, that inquiry the other day. Too, yeah. So that would be, um, I, I guess, a little different, right? Sometimes and, those are listed on on MLS. Right. Uh, it just depends, but it's not like typical you know where it's like i'm gonna find like if you tell me you want to buy a place you want to buy a three-bedroom place with a one-car garage da, 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 i can put that search into mls west penn multi-list and i can i can pull that up and probably find something that another agent posted or listed yeah and but there's no like i guess there's like no real like not all rentals get listed on mls and if right. that and maybe if that was a thing and then there was like a description of like paying X amount of commission on that and stuff, um, you right. know, then it's, it, that would, that would be a different scenario and it would be like more efficient. Cause I mean, you know, let's say I could spend like doing this rental search for like, you know, somebody looking for a two bedroom apartment to rent or whatever. And I find something or whatever. And I could call, you, you don't know if it's listed with um, an owner, like a right. private owner. You don't know if it's listed with a property management company like us. And you call and then it's like, you don't even know, like, Hey, are you offering a commission for this and stuff yeah, like that? It's a weird question. You know, so it, it's tough. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I would love to just, you know, do that all day, but like at the end of the day, like I do have to get, you know, compensated for my time. Yeah. And yeah. you know, um, so it, it gets into like a weird kind of like gray area with that where there's nothing as kind of official as there is with home buying where it's like, this is the listing you know, this is the commission that's being paid and here's the, how, how to find it. This is how you show it. Like, so, cause the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing with West Penn multi-list, the way it runs, it's all like on a lockbox, lockbox system. So we have like an MLS app that we can access all these houses with. Like it's like a Bluetooth lockbox. And once we put in our code, we can we can then show that house and right and it's registered yeah. that we've entered that yeah right that property and so it's it's kind of weird it's like all these agencies in a sense actually do work together mm -hmm. you know um, so but with with rentals you don't you don't it, it's just like a like a shot in the dark you have no idea sure it's a little it's bit more like, of a wild west sort yeah, of there thing, could be right? like a contractor lockbox on there like I doubt that there would be an MLS lockbox unless yeah. I mean I mean for a 750 a month rental apartment rental or something like people are more than likely not going to spend the money to have it listed on MLS. Yeah. Right. And then, and then want to spend the money to, to pay a commission or something like that. So it's all, 
Right. So it's usually independent or it's through a property management company. But I've had that question asked numerous times, like, oh, can you show can you show rentals as well? I'm like, we can show you anything that we manage. Absolutely. I think it's a different thing in like New but, York or something like that where yeah, that's yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's I think they, they probably have a whole different thing because of I think the majority of that city being rentals. I don't I don't know. I mean, it could I, be I rentals. Think, they might also, I wouldn't be surprised if there was just like a different rental structure where it's like, you know, you're paying in like quarterly chunks versus monthly chunks or something like that. There's, I've heard all yeah. kinds of weird stuff where like, it's like you, you have to apply before you can even see the place. It's like you're applying mm-hmm. to apply. And these like application fees are like a yeah. hundred dollars just to apply to oh, that's see a it. that's a market in general yeah. probably yeah. Yeah. yeah they're probably just making like <laughs> five hundred thousand a year on the application uh-huh. or something like we just wow. have like one like fifty dollar application fee and that's like criminal background check and all that stuff like credit check and that's that's after you actually see the place though mm-hmm. and after you're actually sure you actually want to live there because there is a clause in the application that states if you're approved you have to sign the lease so we just want to make people aware of that. You know, we don't want to like have them apply it and get approved for something that they actually don't want, you know, cause some people do just like willy nilly apply. And then, and then yeah. we have this application and then it's like, we're like running it. We're sending it to the owner. Like, Hey, we got this application. They look really good. Uh, credit looks good. No criminal background. They didn't kill anybody. And, uh, <laughs> and then three days later, you know, we, we hear back from the owner, like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's good. You know, cause we, we manage stuff, uh, for people like out of uh, overseas and stuff like that. So out of state, out of state yeah. we hear back and then we get back to the, um, to the potential tenant and we say, Hey, you're approved. Yay. And they're like, Oh, never mind. Uh, I was just joking or you know, like, I don't know, you know, like I, I don't want That's that place weird. anymore or something. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you know, so there's been now three or four days that we haven't shown this place because we thought, hey, we got this application. So we had to add that clause in there just to yeah. basically not waste anyone's time. Yeah. That makes sense. And at the same time, it it protects the applicant too. Because it's like, look, you're you're spending this 50 bucks. So don't waste it. Mm-hmm. With commercial property, mm-hmm. I'm really curious like how dramatically different or not different is that in terms of like, selling and renting and things like that. Cause there's like probably different zoning and all these other weird regulations that go into it. Do you have to like know about those things to be in that game? Yeah. There's like special designations for that. And we occasionally get into that, you know, um, like I, uh, I sold a, uh, commercially zoned church to a client a few months back. And, you know, that was kind of like a whole different, there's a d- different aspects to that as well that come into play but uh we don't do it nearly enough to like be you know just full-blown commercial real estate or anything like that yeah but i feel like that's just like a whole nother can of worms probably oh, oh yeah it's probably yeah. way more cutthroat too in some yeah, markets yeah and, and i think a lot of that more is like more so like based on like square footage and things like that too where you know i don't think it's like the really the case for i mean you right, can base right. some of some appraisal aspects on residential yeah on square footage but i imagine it's a lot less um personal to probably that whole environment you're not like really 
making friends and establishing relationships just kind of like a you know whatever you want to put a fucking juice bar in here let's just fucking make it happen i don't care it depends i mean i think i could see it being that way though because i think a lot of places um they may offer um build the suit and that's kind of what pen brewery did for me with that like storage thing that thing was just a you know storage four not four by four uh I don't know, 20 by 20 box. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I said, Hey, I need a little conference room over here and this is the color that I want. And, and there was like that kind of like hands-on type of thing. And it was almost like a little mini project that I got to do with them. So I think it can be too, where if it's like a build the suit thing, that's cool. But I'm sure there's like a lot of places too, that just rent out these shells and it's like, do your, do whatever the hell you want in here. Yeah. You know, I as long know. as it's like up to code and, and whatever. So mm-hmm. I think it can go either way. With first time host, like a first time home buyer, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I have never bought a home. I will one day, probably <laughs> I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be, I feel like it's, I always feel like there's just no way that I could ever do it, even though like my credit is fine and I have some money. Like, am I like a dumbass for thinking this? Like how hard really is it to buy a house? It's it's not in I general. Think it's, I think it's yeah. just a matter of like finding the one that you want. And then uh, other than that, I mean, like Kelly can like explain the, the steps of, of what happens, you know, it all kind of starts with the, with a pre-approval from, right. from your lender or unless you're paying cash, it doesn't matter. But. Right. So I think just having a conversation with a lender, figuring out what you have to put down. So that really helps you figure out if you are going the route of an FHA loan, if you're going down the route of a conventional loan and feel free to jump in anytime. But say, like, maybe elaborate on like the difference between FHA. And yeah. So an FHA loan, you don't have to put as much down. So You'd put like three and a half percent of the purchase price, uh, plus you'd have your closing costs and so forth. But with the FHA loan, um, there are some rules with that. So you know the, the lender wants to make sure that they're getting their money. Um, so in order to protect themselves, they need to know that um, there's additional insurance, and it's called a PMI insurance. So P- or PMI. Um, so you have to purchase additional insurance and pay for that until you get that 20%, 80% split, you know, cause normally the home buyer, the lender needs to put 20% down. So until you get to that point where it equals 20%, you know, you have to have this PMI. And at that point, once it, you've reached that, it drops. Um, so there's that three and a half percent that you can put down. The, the FHA also has like their own set of inspections, their own right. appraisal. So you can buy like a, uh, something with a conventional loan through whatever bank and they're going to have their appraisal to make sure it like books out. Like, so if the sales price is 200,000, like it actually is worth 200,000. They're not giving you a $200,000 mortgage on something that's only worth like 10,000 bucks or something, you know, but FHA will come out and like, make sure that there's like handrails, there's no peeling paint. Like they want to make sure it's like a sound structure. So if you, if you're an investor and you're looking to buy like a, some shit box that you want to fix up, I mean like FHA is not going to be the route to go. But a lot of that is like out of our hands too. Like we have like certain lenders that we recommend and we say, Hey, go, you know, 
apply with them and and let us know what what they can't can, uh, come up with because a lot of times like we're not we're not lenders we're not mortgage brokers that shit's so, out of your control yeah that's like a whole different what right. genre just, like business yeah um and then there's sometimes there's loan products out there that we don't even know like that just came out yesterday or something like that and we maybe like hear about them every once every once in a while like i know like like incentives like so right. you as a first time home buyer there may be an incentive by a particular lender or someone that they can offer you additional money toward your loan or maybe you qualify for some other incentive um Again, I I can't speak for all of them that are out there, but there are incentives. So maybe you can get a conventional loan. Maybe it's not an FHA, but maybe it's a conventional. And instead of 20% down, there's a conventional loan that you can get and you put 5% down, still needing that PMI because it's not quite, you know, you're not at the 2080 split. But Again, still incentives. You're still a first time home buyer. Maybe there's something else that you qualify for. Maybe, um, I mean, who knows what that may be. So there are different types of loans that you can qualify for. FHA being one that Stefan mentioned, different qualifications for their appraisal, conventional. You wouldn't have to meet that criteria for the inspe- or for the appraisal. So if it didn't have a handrail, Okay, then unless it's like a local ordinance thing or something. So like it varies sometimes with townships and stuff like that. So that's a whole other thing. Right. Because each each borough or township has their own set of rules. Maybe you have to get, you know, some places require an occupancy permit. So or inspection. And so they have to come in to make sure that it meets their criteria. Again, that's part of the buying process, part of what you're your agent should be going through with you. Uh, but nothing that I think would be scary by any means. Um, and a lot of that stuff is like up to the the seller, you know? So like if you end up getting a home inspection and this uh, local uh, uh, property inspection or um, occupancy inspection and all this stuff comes back, like this is bad, this is bad, blah, blah, blah. That all gets presented to the seller and then it's like a new round of negotiations, whether or not they want to fix this or, yeah. you know, most of the time, like it makes sense for them to fix it because otherwise if they don't, they're not going to the, be able to sell the fucking place. The deal is done. Yeah. And then it goes back on the market and then everybody that wants to see it again, they're going to, the first thing that they they say is like, oh, this place was uh, contingent last week. What happened? I see it's back on the market. And then it's like, you have to submit that whole home inspection report anyway. Yeah. And then it's like, it's, you're right back to where you were. So just get it fixed, you know, right. <laughs> especially like the major things basically. But yeah, just to like, I don't know. These are like so many like branching off into like so many like little details yeah. and stuff like like multiple scenarios. But basically it all starts with yeah. getting contacting your pre-approval, your contacting your realtor. And finding out what you can afford. And then, yeah, so with, with the pre-approval, <laughs> you find out what you can afford. And then you can tell your agent, this is what I'm looking for. Like, hey, I can afford a $150,000 house. So we'll probably put your like search criteria up to like maybe like 175 because we'll you may be able, to, be able to negotiate yeah. down for you. And um, then uh, it's just a matter of running around for a month yeah, so <laughs> looking that, at houses. That was my next question is I think that 
if anything, I think the thing that intimidates me the most about buying a home would be the timing of it. Because I feel like there's probably impossible to predict how long the process would take. Right. I mean, right. it might be a little bit easier for me because I'm not in a position where I'm trying to sell a place and then buy another place. I right. just have That's a, tough a lease, right? Yeah. So, But still, even with timing that and you know, being on a lease, if you are, you know, if I have a landlord that's very strict, like, well, you know, you're signed here until November, you're going to be here till November. Well, it's like, okay, right. well, when do I start putting in for a place and how do I? It's a good question. I mean, I think the, the real estate market kind of is like March through October kind of a thing. So if you're currently in a lease, I would just tell your, your uh, most, uh, most reasonable landlords are fine with a 60 day notice. Yeah. yeah. That gives them plenty of time mm-hmm. to do what they got to do to get it shown, re-rented, fixed up, blah, blah, blah. And you're still paying rent until then. So uh, I think, you know, if you, if you like, let's say you renew your lease this November, I would say, Hey, um, can we do something where we renew our lease um, all the way till March? And then from March to October, it's on a month to month because we're looking to buy a house. We'll give you a 60 day notice. It'll probably be, because you figure like even if you found your dream house today, you're going to have at least like 60 days time before it closes. Yeah. Because until your lo- loan is like actually like um, – Well, processed. Processed. And then there's the title search. So there's a, a, at the at the very well, end of all the this. Inspection. Yeah, the inspections, I mean, the, the title so search. It could be a two, three-month process. Right. I mean most closings like if we put in an offer for you right now uh, – you know, you have like this 10-day inspection period where you get to perform all the inspections that you elected on your sales contract. So you can like test for radon, lead, blah, 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 whatever you want. You know, usually it's the typical home inspection, uh, radon, and like pest, like for like wood-destroying insects and things like that. And then you have, you know, 10, 14 days to conduct your inspections and then get back to the seller and say, hey, this is what we found. Everything looks good. Let's let's go with this. And then typically it's like another, five I don't know, 40, 45 days until closing. Like most closings, like in the contract, you know, you put in your offer, you have your inspection contingencies, and then you say, if everything's fine and dandy, we'll be closing. Usually like, like if it's a cash deal, it's like 30 days out. Yeah. I mean, usually mine are like 60. 40 yeah, like 45, but it depends. I've done closings that were like 28 days, you know. There's I think COVID some... presents its own set of challenges. Oh, yeah. I think the, um, not only COVID, but interest rates have oh, yeah. have proven to put uh, lenders behind because there's so many people that are trying to buy houses because the interest rates were much lower. So things, you know, closings that we thought would would take you know, between 30 and 45 days are taking 60 plus days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there, I think different variables bring its own set of, it's yeah. It's all um, kinds of like that challenges. commercially zoned church that took like five months because it was owned by a company through that had it's like eight, like main offices in New York. And there was like nobody there to like process any of the title work or, any of that stuff. And it just like sat there and we were just waiting. And my buyer was like, Hey, any news? Like what's going on? What can we do to get this rolling? I'm like, there's nothing I can do. It's just, it's just screwed Sometimes right now. You're at the mercy. Of yeah. But in the, there was other, there was other deals that I had going through in the meantime, because it wasn't through 
New York or something like that. I still yeah. had some deals in the pipeline. Wasn't there like some cutoff, like any deal before March 28th could still close? And then there was like, you know, some people were like, oh, we can't get a home inspector in there. And that's like the only way we can get a home inspector in there is if you meet them there. And I, it, was, <laughs> it was all kinds of crazy shit to get some of these deals done and still have it be reg under regulation and safe and ethical and you know but it was there's a lot of yeah you know and then like you were allowed to do home inspections but then you couldn't find any home inspectors that would do it like <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> yeah but i think once you get through once you get through the inspection period you know you have your pre-approval you're going through the inspection period once you get through that, I think those are the two hardest pieces, yeah. honestly, because, you know, the inspection report is so long and people get freaked out over the report. Um, but once you can get through that, everything else, like as long as you're not going out and purchasing something large, like if you're, if you're applying for a loan, you should not be going and buying a car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and your lender should tell you that you should not be going out and you know, putting $20,000 on your credit card. Yeah. Absolutely not. So if there's no major changes in your financial um, history or your current financial status, everything else should be move, moving relatively smoothly. A again, unless there's something that happens like COVID or <laughs> with a title search and maybe there's a clouded title, you know, something that's unforeseen. Um, Outside of that, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think what Brian said is like probably like the timing. And then also yeah. like what we do is like, once you get your pre-approval and you tell us like, we're looking at these areas, the easiest thing is if somebody says we're looking at this school district Yeah, because okay. then, cause that, that encompasses like, you know, all these different areas, you know, it's not just like, oh, right. we want to live in Carnegie. But then like, oh, like the house that you really want is in Crafton, but all we did was search in Carnegie. But if you say like, I want to be in, right. I don't know, uh, Fox Chapel School District, then it like automatically selects all those neighborhoods, all those areas. So that makes the search nice and easy. Right. That's cool. And some sometimes even people without kids, they want to be in a certain school district too for like resale value. I, just had, or, I swear to God, I just had that conversation yeah, today. Really? Just had, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I just had it because- some people will say, well, it doesn't matter because I don't have kids, but then they'll talk about resale. And I'm like, well, then you do need to maybe focus on certain areas. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So once you kind of have that, then we can like plug this search into the MLS and then sign you up for the portal. And then you get like access to MLS via the portal based on your search criteria. And then, you know, you start getting these emails of like, you know, these, these houses that fall into your criteria. And then you just let us know, like, these are the six places I want to see this Sunday. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll meet you at Burgatory for Bloody Marys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh, we'll hit it. So I think that's the other thing too, that I think that I never realized would be okay and normal would be to like, oh, it's okay to maybe pick a half dozen places and take a day and go look at them. And it's okay to be patient and take your time, not like, like, uh, commit yourself to just one place or ask people for help and all that stuff. I know one of my first clients, um, 
that was the suggestion is if you do know that there are several places that you want to look, that you want to look at or certain areas. So I'm not really sure which area I want to live, but I like these houses in this area and I like these houses in this area. Then it's probably a good idea to take that day off or to carve out some time, not try to piecemeal it. Because by the time you get to the third house, there's already an offer on all the other ones. You know, it just, it becomes a little bit more challenging that's, in this that's market. The, that's the, the challenging and stressful part is, um, and hence the pre-approval. Like you want to be able to like have your finger on the trigger. So when you see that place, it's like, boom, we're submitting an offer right now. Like I got my laptop here. Boom, boom, boom. E-signatures. Boom. We get that that pre-approval, we get the sales contract in there. We get the seller's disclosure yeah. in there. We get all the documents that need to be submitted, your hand money check, boom, get all that in there right then and there. It's so and funny. Then, I feel like I didn't mean to cut you off, but I feel like there's this thing where it's like, you have to be insanely patient and ready to just be like fucking speedy Gonzalez. It's, like it's, it's always yeah. just, it's, it's hurry up and wait. Like, yeah. It's going to take, you know, it seems like from my understanding of this, it's like, okay, be ready to do nothing financially for like two, four months, probably total. And just be ready to just like pull the trigger as soon as you see something. So it's like, you have to take all this time to think about what you want. But as soon as you see it, like how long do you have to really think on it? It I I fell into that. He'll be the first to tell you, especially as an investor. If you're, if you're wishy washy about it and you even give it more than a moment's extra thought, those investors, there are seasoned investors with cash money ready to go. There's people, there's still buy site unseen stuff. You know, yeah. I have people, I've out of state investors like that where there's like, you know, I'll do like a video tour. Like, how's it everything look over there, Stefan? Like, oh, this is pretty solid. You should do it. And boom, you know, like, or maybe like a FaceTime thing or something like that. Right. But there's people that just. So in, on either side, a, a con- regular, you know, regular home sale or an investor yeah. piece yeah, you definitely have to be ready to go and ready to pull the trigger because in this market right now, it's uh, in in really in any investor market anytime. But uh, in this is in this market right now, things are just there. There's multiple offers. And then and the thing to keep the nice peace of mind is like you might be like jumping the gun and putting an offer in like right there that day on something that you haven't even like really thought about. But the thing is, is you're submitting it with these, with these contingencies, these home inspection contingencies. So if there's like anything that comes up on the home inspection report, you could technically use that to get out of the deal, but you're still going to be spending the $400 on the home inspection in order to have that yeah. luxury you know, yeah, you, to bail on it. I don't know if you want to do that with a half dozen places, but exactly. So right. I've done it, you know, where. I did like, I got a home inspection by an inspector, like just like a verbal one without like, like an FYI kind of thing, you know, especially for these, for myself, for like these investment properties. But like I said, once you do these home inspections, like so many times over and over again, you kind of know what to look for. And after 10 years of doing this, I kind of, I know. So it's, if it's for myself, I don't even get them anymore. You know, if it's like a, if I'm buying like a $45 shit box that I'm going to flip or something like you know, I, there's no point. He's right. going to be like, this, you're changing it all anyways. Yeah. Yeah. This outlet doesn't work. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or you know what? The, 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 the utilities aren't even on to test any of that shit. That's the scariest part about it is yeah. like, 
the day <laughs> the day after you close, you call the utility companies, or if you're really like savvy, like Kelly, you, you call like three days before you close <laughs> <laughs> and have it all lined up. She already has all the account numbers written down. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, but then you 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 get these utilities turned on, and it's like you know, it's almost like Christmas. You know, you like get to find out like what really works. Oh wow, this furnace actually works. Cool. Here's a that's like a freebie, and like oh cool, like maybe I won't have to rewire this whole house. I just saved myself fifteen grand. Yay, you know, and just finding out like and then you find out oh this guess this guess what this place doesn't even have a gas line coming from the fucking street <laughs> and you know then you get to pay to have a new gas line put in you know so it's all these like surprises and shit i mean one thing i do recommend though if, when you're if you're an investor and you're buying a place no matter what like one thing you can do that will save you money in the long run is get the the sewer scope like even if there isn't like i think i guess Maybe I guess water does have to be on for that. And, and well, I guess, yeah, but that's, that's a big one. That's a good one. Because I mean, if you're buying like an investment property for 45 grand and the sewer lines crushed, I mean, like you, you know, that from personal experience, how much did you pay for that? Oh God. <laughs> <Like> 20 grand. <laughs> but that's, that's like something I've been like really kind of like advocating now lately is like, cause it's like, I think it's like 90 bucks. Yeah. And that's, that's something you really can't, tell right off the bat is or, or you can't see visually yeah like from you know because it's all underground i feel like we could do a whole podcast on just investing <laughs> yeah yeah like really just that piece of it <laughs> like the the do's and don'ts horror stories things that have worked you know i think that's a whole other separate arm arm to the yeah real estate piece yeah so we we help people do these flips too, you know, where they, we, we help them find the place. We supply the contractors to get, get it fixed up for them. And, uh, and then in the, and at the end of it, get it rented out for them or, uh, or sell it for them, put it back on the market for them. So that's a whole other thing because, um, you know, we're then more like, we're like dealing with all the contractors too, that they're hiring. And we're making sure that these contractors are, doing what they're supposed to and things like that. So that gets to be like almost like a little babysitting operation. <laughs> sure. Because, <laughs> you know, they do a great job, but, you know, they kind of start veering off and doing their own thing. And so you kind of have to like supervise that too. So sometimes we'll do like a, a project management fee rather than a property management fee. Okay. Right. So that's that's also a whole other little side, side niche. Yeah. And boy, I can hey. speak upon, I, I could speak on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like the, beating the, up the contractors? No. Callie has a special whip. <laughs> <laughs> Project manager. <laughs> she or beats special them. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, there's been so much that we've talked about today that camera's actually died at this point, which is really funny. <laughs> oh, um, no. That's okay. It happens. That camera's still on, so I'll just look up there whenever I need to talk at it. But for now, I'm just going to leave it on YouTube. We're going to wrap this up because we've been going plenty long enough. We've said all of the things that I think people need to say, people need to hear, people are interested in. If you want to find out more, where can people find you? You go to the beautifully Brian Sykes How 
designed website. You go Arkham to this furry Realty. website, right? <laughs> Fur, furby. There you go. Not furries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't go to the furry website. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. ArkhamRealty.com and all our social media platforms and aspects. I think that's another like thing I want to like leave on is like our, that's how we're different also with, with how much we go above and beyond with uh, the social media aspect of things as far as like advertising people's listings and, you know, doing like little funny videos like, Hey, we're at this listing, check it out. And, and Hey, here's our gif that oh, we yeah. have on our website. Yeah. We're a puppet show. <laughs> right. Look at us dancing and wiggling around. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Hey. Thanks for gifting us. You asked for this. It's true. You asked for this. I sent that to Dwayne from Key Ramen. And it was the one that you made that just says like, hello. And he like came back out of the kitchen. He's like, why does this even exist? <laughs> yeah. Remind me to tell you about Balloon Fest 86. Okay. On that yeah, note. We'll do. Yeah. Well, I can't well, thanks really. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're super welcome. Thanks so much. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it's great what you're doing and you're nice people. And I wish nothing but the best for you. Thanks so much. And if man. I ever buy a goddamn house, <laughs> I want neither of you to be involved. <laughs> That's great, man. Thank you. I'll so make much. sure that I don't eat or drink for a month beforehand. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it can offset so, it. So yeah, all the brunches, all the bloody Marys and yeah. quiches and scrambles. I'll be prepared. Hash so scrambles. uh I guess man, I need to figure out the battery life on that camera over there. Because now I got to look up at that one. But that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time. Steffi. Steffi. <laughs> oh, Steffi. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Kelly. Arkham Realty. Steffi Thank you Kelly. for being here. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.